Hello and a huge welcome to all of our listeners out there. Welcome to our podcast entitled Coffee Talk, a podcast for parents and guardians on digital citizenship and the law. This podcast is a series of discussions that we invite parents, guardians, or students to listen to. Being a parent or a guardian can be an exciting, complex, and at times, challenging. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and we hope you consider grabbing a coffee or even going for a walk as you consider the information provided today. In this episode of Coffee Talk, we will be listening to an episode entitled, Help! What to do if my child is in trouble? Digital Citizenship and the Law. Over the past number of years, more and more of the work our school resource officers, or SROs, is connected to the negative impacts of social media, communication tools, and the misuse of these platforms. They respond to concerns from online harassment or threats to more serious offenses involving weapons or sexual assault. In this episode, hosts Jenna and Camilla and Sergeant James Wild from the Saskatoon City Police will be discussing ways that parents can support their children in making positive decisions with respect to social media and digital communication. There will be discussions about what students and parents can do if they are experiencing harassment or online bullying. We will also discuss the types of concerns that often come to the police. Topics will include sharing of intimate images, the ramification of doing so, how parents, students, school and police can work together to create safe spaces for all students. Our digital footprint and the impact that can have on our lives will also be discussed. If you are experiencing any of these concerns with your child, we hope this podcast helps you to find support. If you're simply looking for information, we hope this will provide you with some of the information you are after. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, I'm Jenna. And I'm Carmella. And we are so happy to welcome our special guest to the podcast for this episode about digital citizenship and the law. In this episode, we are happy to be joined by Sergeant James Wild. Sergeant Wild works with a team of school resource officers, or SROs, who support students and schools in a multitude of ways. Over the past number of years, more and more of their work is connected to the negative impacts of social media, communication tools, and the misuse of these platforms. They respond to concerns from online harassment or threats to more serious offenses involving weapons or sexual assault. In this episode, we will be discussing ways that parents can support their children in making positive decisions with respect to social media and digital communication. There will be discussions about what students and parents can do if they are experiencing harassment or online bullying. We will also discuss the types of concerns that often come to the police. Topics will include sharing of intimate images and the ramifications of doing so. How parents, students, school, and police can work together to create safe spaces for all students. Our digital footprint and the impact that it can have in our lives will also be discussed. There is obviously a lot to talk about, so let's get started. Welcome, Sergeant Wild, and thank you so much for joining us today. Sergeant Wild, our first question is one that students and parents are often unsure of how to ask or who to ask it to. 
It is a two-part question, and if we are hoping, you can help us to find an answer. So the first question is, if my child is being bullied or hurt online, how can I help my child? Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me here today and, and on this very important topic that we're talking about here. You guys started at a great spot here with how we can help children uh, who are being bullied or hurt online. Um, much like anything in life, we always tell kids to ask for an adult's help. Uh, and schools are great places for that because we have our teachers, we have our counselors in our high schools specifically, we have our wrap workers as well. And uh, in, in my job of being a school resource officer, we're actually in the schools as well and the schools can access us too. So we don't work independently, we actually work as a team together to try to find the best solution. So I always encourage parents if they feel like their children are being bullied online to tell the adults, tell the, tell the school, tell the counselors, tell the police that are in the schools and we can work to find a solution for that specific situation. All right, and once the child has already talked to a trusted adult, where would that person go to to help their child work through the situation? Well, being a parent, uh, I can attest to is probably the most difficult job in the world. Um, there is no manual to tell us what to do. But being there for our kids is probably the most important thing, listening to them, talking to them. Once it's been reported to either the school or specifically the police, um, the justice system will take care of the aspects that we have to look at to determine if a criminal offense has taken place. But for parents, we always recommend being the parent and being there for the kids. One of the best resources that we have is provided by the Canadian Centre for Child Protection, which is cybertips.ca. They have excellent tutorials there for parents. They have excellent strategies to help, whether it's through counselling or advice like that. The justice system doesn't always provide answers for families, especially when it comes to the emotions of what's happened. So we always recommend that we, we access that website or, again, with the schools, go to the school counsellors, wrap workers, uh, teachers that are there to help support the children as well. Thank you so much for those tips for students and parents. I think those will really help. As students, we hear about some of the challenges facing our peers. We hear about students getting mistreated on social media or people setting up fake accounts or anonymous sites, and it is a challenge facing some students and it really impacts their lives. So the next question is, what are some of the biggest challenges that are coming to police and to schools, and is there anything that can be done about it? Yeah, there's a lot that can be done. One of the biggest challenges we have right now is some of the uh, applications that are out there. And the one that pops to mind is something like Snapchat. So if a message or an image is sent, um, in a lot of cases, it's deleted immediately. So from a police perspective, that's evidence that may be lost for us to, to investigate further and determine if there's criminal allegations. So some of the challenge we, challenges that we as police have are some of these, these websites that, that have these images out there. Uh, another challenge is something um, a lot of people don't read the fine print of Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat that says who actually owns the images that are on there. And so you may put an image out on Instagram, uh, but you may not own the rights to that image once it's on that platform. And that platform can do whatever it wants with that image under the law because they've uh, in the signing up instructions have taken ownership of those those images, which makes it difficult for us to sometimes apprehend that stuff. As many people know, these companies are not in Canada, which makes it difficult for us to enforce laws that apply to Canadian law uh, when they're in other countries. So those are some of the bigger challenges that we have. But definitely, uh, you touched on it earlier with intimate images. When people start sharing images, I had a teacher one time explain to me they gave a tube of toothpaste to a student and told them to get as much toothpaste as they could in 10 seconds out of that tube. 
Well, it was quite easy for them to do that, if you can imagine that exercise. Then the teacher said, okay, now put it back in and you only have 10 seconds to do it. Again, very difficult to do. And the purpose of that scenario was to show that you can send a text message in under 10 seconds, but you can't take it back in the same time. So those are some of the challenges that we definitely face as law enforcement is to be able to track that down to prove who actually sent those images because a lot of people, as you said, make fake accounts uh, and make it very difficult for law enforcement to identify the people that are responsible. That is quite a lot of information, but very, very critical to know. Um, we hope it helps parents and students to have a greater understanding of their rights and responsibilities. So hopefully it doesn't happen too often, but um, what type of scenarios would require parents or school to inform this, the police of the situation? Well, first of all, I never uh, discourage people from contacting the police. Um, again, we don't know everything as police. We, we try to do our best to find resources, whether it's through the Crown Prosecutor's Office. But I always encourage people, if they, if they feel that the police need to know, to contact us. Obviously, we have our phone numbers in our website and our front desk of our building that people are more than welcome to come down and report. When it comes to activities at school, as many of us know, a lot of the activities on social media and on the internet happen outside of school hours. And the only connecting piece is that everybody goes to a school. Um, so we encourage families that when incidents are happening outside of normal school hours on weekends and evenings, to contact the police. And we'll give you some direction as to, yes, this is criminal, no, it's not criminal. Um, and it's gonna be situational dependent, right? Depending on the circumstances of what's happening. So we always encourage people to contact the police and, and we can tell you, yes, this is something we can look at, or you know what, we can recommend other agencies or like I said before, counselors, wrap workers, things like that. When it's happening at school, again, I always encourage parents to talk to the principal, talk to the, the staff at the school. Um, and start that process that way as well. And again, the principals have the ability to bring us as SROs in to, to help identify, is this a criminal investigation that needs to be done? And at the end of the day, whether we're doing a criminal investigation or not, the, the main uh, goal of, of, of the police partnership with the schools is the safety and security of the children, right? We wanna make sure that people feel safe at school so that they can have a good learning environment and we'll take care of the criminal investigation if one is needed. And another question I have is, how do you go about making a report to the police? Uh, as I indicated, you can, uh, you can depending on the circumstances, you can, you can phone us, 975-8300. Talk to one of our communication staff who can indicate that, yep, this is something that we can take a report on. Um, you can also come down to the front desk of the Saskatoon Police Service, fill out a statement, and a report will be generated. And depending on the circumstances of that file, it will go to uh, a, an investigative unit depending on the circumstances of, of the situation. So those are some of the simple ways to get a hold of us. And again, uh, as I indicated, you can contact your, your school principals and they can get a hold of us that way too. Um, and we can work with the schools to take reports from people who feel that they've been victims of crime. That was a good reminder for the many supports that are available when students are faced with these really challenging situations. We hope that students and parents do not have to turn to the police too often, but it is, a, is really good to know how to proceed if you are ever faced with that situation. There are likely a lot of people who are scared to enter into this process, so the information can really help them. It is also really a great reminder for all of us to be aware of what we are doing and putting out into the cyber world and the ramifications of poor decisions. In order to avoid these scenarios where possible, what would you suggest parents do to support their children in being digitally safe and respectful? I think like any relationship in life, I think uh, parent to, to child um, conversation and communication is, is key. 
I've talked to a number of kids in, in the role of being a, an SRO, plus I have my own kids. And I find that, that when you, you talk to them and take a genuine interest in what they're doing, they're willing to share information with you. If, if I've just met you for the first time, I'm probably not going to tell you my deepest, darkest secrets, and you won't do the same to me. But if we get to know each other over time and, and develop a, a relationship where we have a, a mutual trust, we'll open up to each other. And that's no different with parents and kids. So we always encourage parents from the police perspective to always have that communication with your kids. Be involved in your kids' lives. Ask what apps they're on because uh, as many of you know these apps change daily weekly and new ones come up and even as police we can't keep up with all of them so ask your kids what they're on um, make sure that they understand what healthy and, and and safe relationships are make sure they understand who they're talking to online as you indicated before there's there's people out there that are willing to create fake accounts just to to talk to people and we don't know who we're talking to so always encourage your kids to share that information with you and it, it starts with having a mutual respect and trust. And, and if you're parents and, and you can have a relationship, I think that's the first step to understanding what kids are doing these days. Those open relationships and dialogues can be very tough to have between parents and students, and they generally feel a bit awkward. But with that being said, once you start it, it always does get easier. So at the end of the day, we know that our parents are wanting the best for us. As young people, we often think, YOLO, you only live once. <laughs> but it is becoming more and more clear that we, what we say and do on, do on a digital platform can follow us into the future. That is a lot of pressure as a teenager. Um, can you help us, can you help our listeners to better understand what the legal impact of our digital footprint is? Yeah, I can. So we talked about the word bullying and in the policing world, that word uh, essentially doesn't exist. It's called criminal harassment. And if, if, students are, are harassing each other to the point that it becomes criminal, um, it can lead to things such as criminal records, uh, criminal charges and having to go to court. And uh, those records can stay with you for the rest of your life. So applying for uh, careers, jobs outside uh, of school after you're done, those things will follow you and impact your ability to get employment. Uh, it'll also impact your ability to travel. Specifically to the United States, um, we, we've had stories of students that have been charged with criminal offenses, uh, minor in nature, but when they travel with their family to a trip to Disneyland or just into the States to go camping or something of that nature, they're having difficulty getting across the border. So that digital footprint will stay with a person for a long time. With the Saskatoon Police Service specifically, when you apply to be a police officer, we'll do a, a background check on your social media sites. So if there's things that would bring uh, the service uh, into bad light, if we were to hire you, that there's images out there or, or things that you've posted that are very politically motivated or charged that would be considered uh, to not be uh, bringing the service into a good light again, uh, that may exclude you from employment. Um, so it is something that can stay with you a long time. Employers uh, in every profession are looking at that to see what type of person you are outside of, of the job, because I think it's a pretty good indication of what's inside. So it does have a, a lot of legal uh, implications in terms of ability to travel if you are charged with a, an offense based on stuff you've put on social media. So it, it, it does carry that. And we always encourage, again, uh, back to the, the last question, for parents to have that conversation with kids to understand what's going on. So parents have an obligation to their children to provide the necessities of life to every child. That doesn't include giving them a cell phone and free reign on social media, that you have an obligation there to keep them safe from the things on social media that are bad. 
There's a lot of good with social media, uh, but unfortunately there are people that will take advantage of it. And those legal ramifications could come back in the future, uh, specifically for employment or travel. All right. Well, on behalf of all of our listeners, we want to thank you, Sergeant Wild, for sharing this time with all of us and for providing some very important information. I know that we have learned a lot today. Um, We also wanted to remind our listeners that there is a PDF with some of the key ideas included that can serve as a reminder, or you can always visit this episode again. Thank you for joining us today, and thanks for working together to create a safe school and community for young people like us. Take Take care care out there. We hope that you have enjoyed today's episode of Coffee Talk, a podcast for parents and guardians on digital citizenship and the law. We hope you have an amazing day and thank you for tuning in.